On the NL Morning News today, you may have heard an interview with Shane Woodford, former NL News Director and current Canadian expat in Denmark. He was talking about the COVID-19 situation in that country and Europe as a whole. There's been some developments since then. So joining me on the line once again this afternoon is uh, Shane Woodford. Welcome back, Shane. Hey, man. Good to hear from you. You too. Um, now it's nighttime where you are now. Uh, Danish health officials really ramping up their response. What has happened since you spoke with us this morning? Well, let's uh, let's run it down. Um, number one, Brett, uh, there was 262 coronavirus cases confirmed in the country yesterday, which is a pretty big ramp up from the day before. That number is almost doubled now. It's 513. Uh, there's 1,300 Danes that are sitting in quarantine. Uh, Ten of them are considered serious. Two of them are critical condition. Uh, that, combined with what is going on in Italy, was the sort of uh, spur for making some sweeping changes. Uh, we'll get into the details of it, but essentially, uh, first Friday and then Monday, uh, there's going to be a massive countrywide, all schools and all non-critical public service workers are being sent home for two weeks. Unreal. So, I mean, it sounds like the country is basically going to be shutting down for, for two weeks. Yeah, that, that's, that's it exactly. So uh, the deal with the students is, um, as of Friday, all students are highly advised to stay home. They're going to keep some schools open because they're saying, listen, there may be some parents out there who have no other child care options, so we're going to give you an avenue to uh, have a space to put your child in should you need it. But barring those kind of emergency situations, students should stay home. Um, public sector workers, I mean, everybody is being told to stay home. The only people that are going to go to work as of Friday uh, will be obviously police officers, uh, obviously health care workers, and everyone who works with seniors here in Denmark. As we know, seniors are the most critical population when it comes to coronavirus deaths uh, and they're really you know putting a lot of stress on look out for seniors be cautious of seniors give seniors some space and they're making sure that anybody who works with seniors uh, is going to be on the job and monitoring them for the next few weeks so they're practicing social distancing but uh, the messaging is specifically uh, really social distance uh, around seniors yeah, because, again, that's the most vulnerable population we've seen in every country. It's older people, um, you know, with perhaps some kind of handicap on their lung capacity, existing health issues. Those are the ones that are uh, most at risk when the coronavirus hits. Now, and uh, they're definitely aware of that here in Denmark. Now, I was actually surprised by the number of cases that you say are in uh, Denmark right now. It's not a location that's being widely reported on over here. Uh, all the focus seems to be on Italy. How is the Danish healthcare system coping at this point? And I guess, how would you compare it to the way things run in Canada? Yeah, well, there's there's a couple of interesting things that really stuck out at me in the press conference uh, that happened minutes ago here in Denmark. Uh, one of them is that uh, the strategy to date was, okay, we have an outbreak in China. Okay, we have an outbreak in Italy. Okay, we have an outbreak in Iran. We're going to really screen incoming travelers. We're going to test the, the heck out of them. We're going to quarantine anybody uh, that we think has the virus or has symptoms of the virus and try and prevent it from coming into the country. Well, today, um, Danish Prime Minister Meta Frederiksen Brett basically admitted this has failed. Quarantine has failed. Uh, we're getting cases in Denmark now that are unrelated to any travel, which means that the virus is in the country and circulating. 
And uh, they basically said, listen, we're, we're looking at what's going on in Italy. We've talked to Italian health officials who are saying it's an absolute horror show here. Uh, you guys should do whatever humanly possible to avoid ending up where we are today. And they're looking at the explosion in uh, coronavirus cases up to 513 uh, officially as of uh, 20 minutes or so ago. And they're looking at that curve and they're saying, listen, um, we're facing a possibility of seeing our healthcare system overrun. Denmark has a tip-top healthcare system. They got state-of-the-art hospitals. Uh, they are really gung-ho on healthcare, gold-plated healthcare here. But even they're saying, listen, we don't care how good the system is. Uh, there is a point where the, there's just going to be too many people for us to handle. Uh, healthcare workers, healthcare resources are going to be stretched to the breaking point. So this, uh, the strategy announced today to keep everybody home to try and they're saying that it's going to spread. We're going to try and slow it down. We're going to try and bend that curve to prevent an explosion of cases uh, that hits the healthcare system in one titanic wave. Uh, we're going to try and slow those cases down and deal with them at a much slower rate in the capacity that we can manage them. And that's essentially the move here. So it's, you know, the, the thing now is um, the first defense has failed. This is, uh, this is going to be a huge hit to Denmark. Um, they're warning of dire consequences of the country's economy, but they have no choice. Now, if this is the second wave of defense, uh, the question now is, will that hold? Now, what's happened in Italy is, a, is an example of what happens when you are unable to flatten the curve. If you wait too long to take the really drastic measures, and this is what Italian officials are warning about, that you cannot be overly worried about starting a panic uh, in that you're not putting in some of these more heavy-handed measures because that was part of the problem in Italy, as, as, as I understand it. There was a lot of uh, politicians that did not want to expend the political capital or they were being advised not to start a panic. And then the problem is by the time they did take extreme uh, measures, it was, it was too late. Yeah, there was a lot going on in Italy. Um, yeah, I'm obviously not in Italy, but... Uh, from watching uh, a little closer than you are and reading mm -hmm. everything coming out of the country and looking at social media and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert there, but the things that stand out to me was uh, I saw healthcare officials saying, listen, we were unprepared in Italy. They just were not ready. Uh, two, um, there's some pretty heavy suspicion now that the coronavirus came into Italy well before their first confirmed case, which means there was pools of infection spreading before they even began to jump on it or recognize it as a thing. Uh, three, uh, on average, Italy has a much older population within the European Union, which means a lot more people in that high-risk zone. And the fourth thing is a combination of air pollution and a lot of smoking in Italy, which you know weakens the lungs and, uh, and then makes uh, those vulnerable populations even more vulnerable. I think it's something like... 10 of the 10 of the top whatever it is 20 25 cities uh, for pollution in the European Union are in Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, now I mean you are familiar obviously with the challenges of the healthcare system in BC and Canada. Uh, how would you I mean we're always operating like the system currently operates on overtime a lot and there are already yeah. like yeah. nursing shortages and this kind of thing. How would you compare the way our system here operates to the way the system in Denmark normally functions? I think it's very similar. Um, I would say Denmark has a bit of an edge being a northern European welfare state. They get a lot more money 
to throw at their healthcare system. There's a lot less, oh, we've got a budget line item we've got to figure out. Uh, I think resources are stretched a lot tighter in Canada than they are in Denmark. There's also a smaller population here. There's only about 5 million people compared to, what, 36 or so in, in Canada. Sure. Um, that said, I think, I think, Brett, if you look at the opioid overdose crisis, I mean, how many stories did I do uh, when I was working over there about a healthcare system that was stretched, healthcare workers that were stretched, nurses that were complaining about the overtime? Uh, now imagine a wave. I mean, you guys do not have it in Canada yet, and pray to God you don't get a wave. But uh, if you get a wave, uh, the numbers like we're seeing projected out of, I know Germany today said that uh, the numbers that they're looking at could possibly be 70% of the population. Well, imagine 20 million people in Canada getting the virus. I mean, the healthcare system in Canada would snap like a twig. Yeah, and and I think go on, go ahead. Well, I was I was going to say that there's you know a lot of sort of contrarians out there. There's there's this whole thought that well, there's a very big focus on mortality rates, right? And people saying well, you know, it might be as low as uh, 0.5 or 0.6, right? But I think that it misses the forest for the trees if you're focusing on mortality rate, because the reality is uh, the number of people that require care, even if they are not going to be fatal cases, you if you require care, that's what overruns the healthcare system. And then the mortality rate actually yep. starts to starts to uh, go up because you're not getting proper care. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brett, I mean, you've, you've worked in media for, for as long as I have. Uh, how many stories do you recall doing? How many stories do you recall seeing, reading, watching uh, that were about different hospitals in British Columbia struggling to contain something? Well, you know, whether it was patients being left in the hallway, uh, people being sent home before they should have been, that kind of. And this was just uh, this wasn't due to anything other than just sort of regular healthcare delivery, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say that BC has some hospitals, uh, a lot of them older, that are stretched. Uh, at the best of times. Now imagine, you know, the existing capacity they're already struggling with and then a massive wave of coronavirus patients incoming. You know, like I'm not talking a couple hundred, I'm talking thousands. Yeah. Uh, I think the scenario is, is pretty clear at that point. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it's it, it, it's scary stuff and it just, it, it really highlights the importance of, uh, you know, quote unquote, flattening the curve. And um, yeah, and uh, I, and I just wonder exactly how long it's going to be until Canadian health officials start taking the really drastic steps that we're starting to see in in Europe. And I'm not talking about Italy. Well, I'm- yeah, I think I think uh, if I'm correct tonight, uh, U.S. President Donald Trump's going to address the nation. I have no idea what he's going to say, but the numbers in the United States are looking like they're on the precipice of falling off a cliff. Uh, yeah. I mean, a good way and going down. I mean, there's an explosion. I think it's about to happen there. Uh, where the United States goes, Canada tends to go. Mm-hmm. So if the United States hits the panic button, I think you'll see a very sharp and very instant change of course for Canada. That yeah. would be my guess anyway. All right. Well, uh, Shane Woodford, uh, good to talk to you again. Thank you so much for coming on and providing the update. We're going to have you on the speed dial, I, I feel like, here over the next uh, few weeks to a month. Sounds good. Good to talk to you, man. You bet. Shane Woodford, former NL News Director. He's now living in Denmark, where, boy, the situation is uh, taking a turn in uh, Europe tonight. More news day when we come back.